0: And this is Reset, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now on the morning of April 13th, 1992, as commuters were heading to their offices in the Loop, fish were swimming in the basement of the Merchandise Mart. A strange flood was rising, but at street level, no one could actually see the flood. What began as a leak in an underground freight tunnel system became the Great Chicago Flood. Now last week, architecture sleuth Dennis Rodkin and I headed to the Mart and we took a tour of the sprawling two block long building. We even got a rare close up look at its basement and that underground tunnel where many fish and ducks swam 30 years ago. The Merchandise Mart is the next icon that we're covering in our special summer series of What's That Building? Where I get to see in person some of Chicago's best known landmarks. And we began our tour of the Merchandise Mart by standing in front of the building. Let's listen. All right, Dennis. Here we are again, this time in the Loop, downtown, and we're standing in front of Merchandise Mart, which I cannot believe I have not seen this building up close.
1: Now's your chance. It's kind
0: of wild to me. I I walked up toward it, and I was like, this is massive. So. First of all, I just want to start by understanding why it's so huge. It's like two blocks long, right? It's
1: two blocks long and 25 stories high. It's 4.2 million square feet. When this building opened in 1930, it was the largest building in the world.
0: I bet. Um, Is it still the widest in Chicago?
1: Uh, In Chicago, I think it probably is. It's not the widest in the world. The, the, The Pentagon is the one that took away the crown. Oh, that's right. And of course, far larger buildings have been built since.
0: So take us back, Dennis. Tell us when and why this gigantic building was built. Okay. It's the
1: late 1920s. Marshall Fields, the retail store, is booming both as a retailer and as a wholesaler, and they want to build a wholesale store. Essentially, what they're going to do is replace traveling salesmen. What it used to happen is you've got a furniture line, you've got carpets a guy gets on a train with samples in his suitcases and goes out to every town in iowa north dakota to sell these things this building is going to reverse that whole process rather than the salesman going to the stores in those small towns a representative of that store is going to come to chicago and see those lines big difference is they're all installed in place right so you can create vignettes and scenarios so you see how the wares are actually used rather than just look in some guy's sample case.
0: Yeah. Well, what sort of vendors were here? Furniture, lights,
1: rugs, plumbing fixtures, all, anything you would you would buy at a department store would have been available here. Anything you could buy uh, at Marshall Fields on State Street, right. you'd be able to buy here in bulk and get back to your little department store in small town Iowa.
0: And for me, I think it's not just the size of this building that's impressive, Dennis. First of all, I love the location. I mean, the beautiful views of the river, let's just say that. But uh, it's the decoration that I can see from outside as well, right? So talk about the architects and and just the style of the mark.
1: It's probably, it may be the biggest Art Deco building in the world. It certainly is the biggest Art Deco building in Chicago. And what I love, the primary thing I love is there are all these arrow shapes running oh, in yes. bands around the building. So you're looking at this gigantic building, which sort of looks like, would could look like it was just sort of hunkering down on the ground, but those give it some motion. There are these lines running they around. They make it
0: look like they're moving. Don't they? Right? Yeah.
1: You know, now you would put LED lights and they would flash all the way around the building. But at the time, uh, I mean, it's a common art deco motif, but it works here. And then you've got these interlocking M's for Merchandise Mart. Yes. Uh, and all this beautiful Art Deco work going all the way up. And what I like also is, see you've got the two corner towers as shoulders and then the taller tower here in In the middle. It's a little bit of a fortress.
0: I mean, just everything is just straight clean lines, right? Just even looking at that entrance.
1: Oh yeah, and look at, well, when we get closer, you can see it's frilly. It's uh, acorns and seashells and fern shapes, all those sorts of things work together into a motif that is right out of Art Deco.
0: I gotta ask, what's up with these heads? Who are these guys? There isn't this amazing? This is the Merchandise Mart
1: Hall of Fame. There are Chicagoans like Julius Rosenwald who ran Sears, but there are Philadelphians, John Wanamaker, people from other cities. This was created in the 50s as the Merchandising Hall of Fame or the Merchandise Mart Hall of Fame. But the funny thing is, these guys are sort of out of date now, right? Like we don't go to department stores. We don't right. care about Wanamakers. Earlier, there was another set of heads on the building, and those are even farther out of date. They're gone. But when the building was open, there were 56 uh, what at the time would have been called Indian chiefs carved around the top of the building. And then, and again, this is 1930. It's a very Art Deco sort of idea. The noble savage and all those things we don't really think anymore. Eventually, those were removed. But you can imagine they were pretty out of date at that time. And now these guys, too... Are pretty out of date. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? I mentioned never having been this close to this building. You know, what my introduction was to it. It was Art on the Mart. Oh yeah, which that's is a, so cool. Right? It's an
1: amazing program. Yeah, you'd be across the river there on those platforms, and you can see from where we're standing where the projections come out of that that box below Wecker Drive. Well, is that where it comes from? It all starts there, and then this 25-story, two-block-long building becomes a canvas. It's amazing.
0: It is absolutely gorgeous, especially at night. really is. You know, while
1: we're standing here, because we just talked about Wacker Drive, can I say one other thing? This plaza we're on, when the Mart was announced, the idea was this was going to become a parallel to Wacker Drive. Wacker Drive runs along the south side of the river. Right. On the north side, there was going to be another one here, but all we ever got was this stretch in front of the Mart.
0: Well, you know, as beautiful as this building is on the outside Dennis' I really want to know what's going on inside. I'm dying to go in. Can we do that? Yeah, let's check it out. So now we're inside the Mart, and I mean, what a view right here at the front entrance. I'm seeing columns, murals, but who designed all of this?
1: This is a spectacular space. This was designed by Alfred Shaw of Graham Anderson, Probst and & White, who did a lot of Art Deco buildings, but he also, he practiced into the 70s. There are modern buildings on Lakeshore Drive that he did as well, but this is earlier. And one of the things you can see here is these fluted columns all around.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Sasha, you spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. This might remind you a little bit of the Lincoln Memorial.
0: Absolutely. It sure does.
1: And even more would be these murals that run around the top of the lobby.
0: Yeah, I want to get back to those. Who's the artist?
1: Jules Guerin, whose murals are also at the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, these are spectacular. There are 17 of them, and they depict the history of trade. You see uh, tulips in Holland. With a windmill during tulipomania, mm-hmm. you see trade routes being plied by camelback. Uh, there are all these wonderful sort of vignettes from the history of trade. Yeah, and then there's one that's not quite so wonderful.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. But can we get a little closer? So, I mean, from the looks of it, it I'm seeing enslaved folks picking cotton.
1: That's exactly what it depicts, or that appears to be what it depicts, what some people have said is that it may not be during slavery, because the age of some of the other images, some of the boats in the images, uh, may may be from after slavery. Nevertheless, it would be from sharecropping times, which yeah. is also a time that we uh, don't necessarily want to memorialize. Right. Uh, there was a man who led a petition drive about six years ago saying whether it's during slavery or during sharecropping, I'm looking, he was a black man and he said, I'm walking into the building and looking at ancestors doing a kind of labor that I don't really want to have to think about. Yeah. Let a petition drive. Uh, as you can see, they're still here. Nothing ever came of it. But it is something to consider when you walk in here, seeing the Taj Mahal and, and elephants and all these other things. And then right here over one of the main entrances, yeah. black women harvesting cotton.
0: And it's it's not hard to miss.
1: It's not hard to miss. At all.
0: So we were talking earlier, Dennis, about the, the big plans that Marshall Field had when they built... Merchandise Mart, how did those pan out?
1: Pretty well for a while. This was an enormous undertaking. There were restaurants that could seat 10,000 people a day. There was a radio station. There were barbershops. Essentially, the idea was, I said, you came in from Iowa, North Dakota, whatever it is, from your department store to buy here. Yes. You'd spend your whole day here. This is what we're looking at here. This two-block main hallway would be like a main street, and you'd spend your whole day, load up uh, on wares that were going to be shipped back to your town, Mm -hmm. and then leave. And then the Great Depression happens. Right. And so... Uh, Marshall Fields was the the owner of the building, but was also the primary tenant. And in the mid-30s, its wholesale business to all these stores in other parts of the country shrank dramatically. Uh, They needed about one-tenth of the space they had had in the building. Marshall Fields did. And they said, you know, we don't really want to be a landlord. I mean, who wanted to be a landlord during the Depression? But also, they were a retailer, not a landlord. So they sold the building. Fields put it up for sale, and the buyer was Joseph Kennedy, okay. an investor out of Boston. Kennedy was the father of future President John F. Kennedy, also the father of a future U.S. Attorney General, U.S. Senator. Um, but he was a big investor out of Boston, and he led a group of investors who paid $16 million for the merchandise mart and some other property around it. And that was less than 20 years after Fields had spent $28 million to build it. Oh, wow. So there's a loss there of about $12 Big million dollars yeah. to Fields.
0: Which is not a small amount for sure. So the building gets sold. There's a little bit of financial loss there, but it's got these new owners. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit. What's the main function of the mart today?
1: It's not so much about merchandise anymore. It's really a, an office building primarily. There are design showrooms. There are offices. Motorola is in here. Blommer Chocolate has its headquarters in here. There's a tech incubator that Governor Pritzker founded before he was long before he was governor. Oh no, really? Um, there are all sorts of other kinds of businesses in here. Though you can still come in as people have for decades to pick bathroom fixtures and tile and that sort of thing from those design showrooms.
0: So. I could just show up at any given time and hang out here at the mart or
1: Well, I think you could, Sasha. Most <laughs> people come in, most people most people come in with a designer, right? The designer knows the showrooms mm-hmm. and I want to show you these bath fixtures or these rugs or whatever it would be.
0: Gotcha. Well, you know what? I feel like we've covered a lot already, Dennis. Is there anything else I need to see?
1: Yeah, let's go to the basement.
0: The basement. Oh.
1: Here we Sorry. go. I have never been down to the basement. This is
0: exciting. Um, I don't know if I'm as excited as you are, guys. <laughs>
1: this is this is quite the journey. Wait, do you see what's waiting for us down there?
0: Okay. All right. Now, when we say we're going to the basement, how far down is it?
1: I don't know how many floors down we're going.
0: Because we've been sloppy. in here for a few seconds. What would you say, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry, I think it's three stories now. So we'll be three stories three below the ground. Three stories below the ground. Okay.
1: And as we'll see when we get down there, there's more well below us.
0: All right, at least there's there's some lighting. <laughs> I'm still a little creeped out.
1: Sasha, this is Mike, who worked in the Merchandise Mart when the floods happened in 1992. Oh, hey Mike. Mike, can you introduce yourself? How are you? Doing well. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Mike Curtin. I started here in uh, March 1966. So, did you see the fish? Did you see the fish in the basement? I see the fish. I see ducks. I see everything. You saw ducks in here? (laughs) So, Sasha, in April Uh. 1992, I think you know, the freight tunnels underneath the city burst. There was a flood as far as the Marshall Fields store, which is about a mile and a half from where we are. But it was primarily discovered here because these guys put on a police scanner that they were finding fish in the basement.
0: And ducks apparently.
1: And ducks. And Larry Langford, a news reporter, came rushing over here to find out why are there fish in the basement? And what he found before he got inside is the whirlpool that had formed off the Kinsey Street Bridge where the river was being sucked under into the freight tunnels. Goodness. So what was that like when you saw the ducks? Uh, well, I, I, actually, I wasn't down here. The water was 40 feet up here in the, above that yellow rail up there. So, Meaning, you don't mean all this room was full? Oh, yeah, this was full. This was full up F- to 40, 40, feet, 40 feet. 40 feet of water. There was 40 feet of water in the Merchandise Mart basement. Yep. I did not oh, know that. Yeah. Wow. So wow. how did it all eventually get pumped out? The city pumped it out with pumps. Oh, they take? take about two weeks, a couple of weeks. Two weeks, I believe. So, Mike, apparently there's a door you can open and show us where the tunnels are? I can show you, but I don't, I don't believe you can go down there. Can we take a look? Yeah. Oh.
0: Dennis, you want to go further down? What is yeah. what wrong with you?
1: Don't you? Uh, this is history we're witnessing, Sasha. Yeah,
0: yeah. OK, but, sure. We're safe.
1: Anything Look, for Mike our listeners. Mike survived it 30 plus years ago. Anything we're good.
0: Anything for our listeners, Dennis. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. So down there is where the freight tunnels are? Yes. Oh, wow. A all
1: the way down there at the bottom. Oh, my gosh. Is it prohibited to climb down? Are you you?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, Dennis! Sure, it's a ladder.
1: Can we do this? I'll tell you what I see down there, you don't have to oh join my God. me. Dennis. Is this okay? Be careful. Be careful. So hey, the freight the tunnels plane? are directly beneath me here? No, the, below you is the freight, is the tunnel, yes. That's where the water came from, underneath you. So, so, the water was from there all the way to... Uh, this is about a two-story space, and then the water was another Forty story feet. and a half. Another high. 40 feet from where I'm standing.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. Dennis, how does it feel being down there? It's, I feel like I'm
1: uh, diving down into Chicago history, seriously. Literally. I mean, for real, yeah. I wrote stories about this at the time but I was never down in here.
0: I'm so glad I got to experience this with you. I I mean, I'm glad I got to watch you experience this. (laughs) Come on back up. (sighs) All right, so Dennis, we finally got you out of the hole and into something a little bit more comfortable. We've come upstairs and where are we?
1: This is called the Founders Room on the second floor of the Mart. There's a restaurant called Marshall's Landing in honor of Marshall Field. And then you come back, tenants can come back into this space, done up like a speakeasy. You can see it sort of channels the thirties with the arches and the velvet. Um, and absolutely gorgeous. Isn't it nice? And so this is where you'd come as a tenant uh, for private events.
0: And where I'm going to come next month for my birthday party. <laughs> I can hardly wait. <laughs> All let right, right, let's, let's call this a day, shall we? Dennis Rodkins, a residential real estate reporter for Crane's Chicago Business. That was too much fun.